No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where in the year that King Uzziah dies, Isaiah has a vision of the Lord seated in heaven. The Lord says, Who shall go for us? And Isaiah says, Send me. We hope you will join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 6 on Simply the Bible. Encounters with God are so important. Anyone who has had a genuine encounter with God has a story to tell. Usually it's life transformational. Now, Jesus said to Nicodemus, a religious leader, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And God is in the habit of causing people to be born again, born of the spirit. Now, in Isaiah 6, I don't know if that's what you would call what happened to Isaiah. He had a vision like most of us would only dream about, but it was definitely life transformational for him. We continue in Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Now, that's not something you see every day. (laughs) Isaiah's prophetic ministry began in the days of Uzziah. Uzziah was one of the strongest kings of Judah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He reigned for 52 years, during which time he did great building projects and overcame the enemies of Judah. He was a very strong and trusted king. And while he was king, the people felt secure. Now, was it significant that Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on his throne when King Uzziah died? It is the natural tendency for people to put people on pedestals, especially someone as popular and charismatic as King Uzziah. While that person is in the forefront, he captivates people's attention. But when he is removed from the scene, suddenly people are able to see the Lord and depend upon him as never before. Perhaps Isaiah was saying to himself, now what do we do? And the Lord gave him a vision of heaven. When our world is turned upside down and our source of security is removed, That is when we ought to seek God. He is still on the throne. Now, when exactly did Isaiah begin his prophetic ministry anyway? Did it happen before this, the first five chapters, and then he had this calling? Or or was he now flashing back to his original calling? We don't know. Nobody really knows. But clearly, this was a significant encounter in Isaiah's life. Now, Isaiah also saw that the train of the Lord's robe filled the temple. We know that there is a heavenly temple as there was an earthly temple. The earthly temple was a model of the heavenly. When Isaiah says that he saw the Lord sitting on the throne, he uses the Hebrew word Adonai and not Yahweh. 
That's interesting because John 12, 41 identifies the person on the throne as the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah saw six-winged seraphim. Now, these were different from the four-winged cherubim of Ezekiel chapters 1 and 10. There are some who think that they are the same as the living creatures of Revelation 4 who also have six wings. Now they cry to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's interesting because in Isaiah's day, there was a lot of problems going on and the nation was backslidden and yet the whole earth was filled with his glory. I think about our days today. We need to remember God is on the throne and from heaven's perspective, the earth is filled with his glory. So mighty was this voice that Isaiah heard that the posts of the door were shaken and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah immediately sees himself in the light of God's holiness and that's enough to cause anybody to cry out woe. Warren Wiersbe says, before we can minister to others, we must permit God to minister to us Before we can pronounce woe upon others, we must sincerely say, woe is me. And it is so often the case that people who have had a vision of the holiness of God have had this same kind of reaction. Abraham, Jacob, Job, David, Paul, and Peter all saw themselves as sinners and were humbled before God. We could say that you have not really seen God until you have been humble before him and seen yourself as a corrupt sinner and know that you are unfit for heaven. But what do you do with that? Isaiah confessed that he was a man of unclean lips and that he lived among a people of unclean lips. Really, he was confessing that he had an unclean heart and he lived among people with unclean hearts because Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How easily we can all become corrupted by the unclean words that we hear and speak. Now, in the holy presence of the Lord, Isaiah did what it is that the Lord requires of us. He confessed his sin. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is what God looks for from our life, just the confession, the agreement with God that we are sinners and we desperately need his help. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Now, we wonder what altar that the live coal was taken from. We only know of one altar that actually exists in heaven, and that is the golden altar of incense, where the prayers of the saints are offered up with incense before the throne of God. One of the seraphim took a coal and touched Isaiah's lips and said, Behold, your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. This is what we would call cleansing by fire. Now, the Bible talks about cleansing by blood 
cleansing by the word of God and cleansing by fire, a refinement, a burning away of that which is sinful. And that's what we see here with Isaiah. It is interesting that whether it is by the blood, the word, or the fire, these are all things that we cannot do ourselves. We are dependent upon God to cleanse us from without. We cannot cleanse ourselves by our own good works. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Now, here is the call that goes out. God is calling for someone who can represent the Godhead before people, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That call is still going out today. There's a huge need for workers. The opportunities for the kingdom of God are vast, but how many workers are there? Isaiah was available. He heard the call, he saw the need, he had the vision, and then he said, here I am, send me. And that's what God is looking for. It's been said he's not looking for our ability, but our availability. It's interesting because I had a very similar kind of experience, not that I saw the Lord lifted up in heaven or anything like that, but my pastor and his wife were talking about a need in San Francisco many years ago, and they knew that they would be part of God answering that prayer. And I, just in my heart, said, Lord, here I am, send me. And then the Lord took me to San Francisco for about nine months. I did a Bible study there. And nothing really became of that, but it did open the door for me to go into pastoral ministry, which ultimately led to us coming to Boise, Idaho. So the idea here is simply to be available to God so that if he gives you a vision or you hear him call you, that you may respond. My question to you is, has God given you a vision to reach out to others? And are you available to him? Verse 9. And he said, go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Now, these two verses are quoted six times in the New Testament. They're very important. But it sounds like God is telling Isaiah to go make the people's heart dull. I like what Warren Wiersbe says here. He said, God does not deliberately make sinners blind, deaf, and hard-hearted. But the more that people resist God's truth, the less able they are to receive God's truth. But the servant is to proclaim the word no matter how people respond. For the test of ministry is not outward success but faithfulness to the Lord. Now, God indicated to Isaiah here that his would primarily be a ministry of failure. He would be faithful to proclaim the word, but people wouldn't listen. This reminds me of a pastor's conference that I went to many years ago, and the speaker said, listen, we usually think that we're going to preach and our churches are going to grow, but what if we live in a time when there is a turning away from God and actually our churches shrink in attendance? Will we still be faithful to the Lord? I thought that was such a great challenge. The tragedy is that man is no longer walking with the Lord. And so we need to remember 
we may go through some real tough times. People may become increasingly resistant to the word as they did in Isaiah's day. But it's not how we start, it's how we finish. Are we going to be faithful to the Lord no matter what? That's the question. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant. The houses are without a man. The land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it, and will return and be for consuming. As a terebinth tree or as an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down, so the holy seed shall be its stump. So God gives to Isaiah here a long-range view of what was going to happen, and that was important. That would encourage Isaiah when people didn't receive what he had to say. But basically, God was going to allow the land to become desolate through the Babylonian captivity, and yet he would preserve for himself a righteous remnant. And he gives the illustration here of a stump that remains after it's cut down. So would be the righteous remnant. They would be holy. And from that holy seed would come forth new growth in the future. And so Isaiah just had to just hang in there, be faithful. You know, the good thing is it's been said, God doesn't pay us on commission. He pays us on salary. And the the idea here is we just need to be faithful to the Lord to declare his word. And God's word will not return void Even though people may not want to hear it, they turn a deaf ear to it and become hard-hearted, God will still reward the faithful servant accordingly. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. On Monday, we'll go back to 1 Kings and see how Solomon's 700 wives and 300 concubines turned his heart away from God. Is the pleasure of sin worth its consequences? Then on Tuesday, we'll continue in the book of Isaiah. We hope you'll join us for Simply the Bible.